Hi, and welcome to Women at Warp, a Star Trek podcast. Join us on our continuing mission to explore intersectional diversity in infinite combinations. My name is Grace, and thank you for tuning in. With me today are Jara. Hello. And Andy. Hello. Now, before we get to our main topic, we've got a little bit of housekeeping to do first. Our show is made possible by our patrons on Patreon. If you'd like to become a patron, you can do so for as little as a dollar a month and get awesome rewards from thanks on social media up to silly watch-along commentaries. Visit www.patreon.com forward slash women at warp. Looking for podcast merch? We got you covered. Check out our Tee Public store. There are so many designs with new ones being added all the time. Jara, I think you just put a design up on there. Yes, I definitely made a t-shirt that says to baldly go. <laughs> so if you like puns and also experience hair loss, you have a shirt now. Um, so you're welcome. There is a shirt just for you. Yes, find it and all of our other merch at tpublic.com slash stores slash women at warp. Awesome. You can also find our convention merch on our website at womenatwarp.com forward slash shop only while supplies last. Ooh, so check out them supplies. Anything else? Any um, upcoming events for either of you? Nope. No, I'm basically hermiting. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Hermiting is good. Hermiting is good. It's that season for hermiting. It's yes. the season for, for getting bunkered down for hermit times. Exactly. Yes. It's the it's the bundle up season. Cozy. Because, you know, if you hermit, you can't get accidentally split into in a transporter. Your console is unlikely to explode. You're pretty unlikely to have a, a giant barrel fall on you. All that stuff you avoid when you are hermiting. I feel like we're just encouraging people to never leave their houses now. <laughs> like we're giving someone who's really got a reason to not want to leave the house a reason to never want to leave the house extra hard now i'm not saying don't leave the house i'm just saying maybe before you join starfleet ask some pointy questions about what are their health and safety practices <laughs> which brings us to our topic for today our topic was a patron suggestion from christina yay, yay. yes thank you so much we love getting suggestions please continue to send them what she sent in to us was, I know it is fiction, but why is it that there never seems to be anything like HR or OSHA on these ships? What do you see as some of the prime examples of this and how they could be solved slash avoided? Yeah, this is a great topic. I yeah. am very excited to discuss. Yeah, um, I think it's at this point a running joke that I'm like, where is HR? Where yes. are they? Why have they not stepped in? Because this is workplace shenanigans. And uh, I think that we forget sometimes that Starfleet is a workplace. But I do want to caveat that none of us work in HR. None of us are labor lawyers. What we know about these things is, you know, an outside perspective. And for the most part, this is just for fun and just to talk through it because I think we all know that as much as these sorts of standards are important, probably not as important in fiction as they are in real life. So yeah, they're not the main priority uh, with the person who's trying to write a conflict usually. Exactly. So please don't write us <laughs> write us a letter about yes. how we take everything too seriously. This is for funsies. Yeah, I think the closest I can claim in terms of my own experience is that I did work for several years for unions. So I have a sense of Ooh. kind of a union workers rights perspective on a number of these issues and a fairly good understanding of like, Canadian labor standards. Canadian specific standards, though. Exactly. And but if I say something, for example, like that, I think that uh, they should all have seat belts 
and why don't they have seatbelts? For the amount of jiggling and getting thrown around they get, even when just sitting in those chairs, you would think they'd have something like that. Yes. Or if I say something like they should all have EV suits whenever they beam down to a planet instead of just assuming it's class M and therefore like we can rely on the transporter filters to filter everything out. Don't assume that I actually am like Star Trek sucks because it doesn't do this. <laughs> that, that's, that's not we're just going to take a kind of, you know, speculative eye to this stuff about like if if Star Trek had as its primary concern these things, what would you see? And if you were coming at Star Trek as a representative, theoretically, of HR or OSHA, what, what would you be on the lookout for? First of all, if I was an HR professional in Starfleet, I would quit immediately. Yeah. I would just be like, no, y'all be easy. This is not for me. Goodbye forever. Because it's a mess. I'd also like to point out that I think it's interesting. So, like, different workplaces have different ways of tackling these things. For one thing, you're not going to have some of the same regulations apply to like an office building as you are to a factory. But Mm -hmm. also specifically for this topic that we're talking about today, I think we're thinking of Starfleet as military or at the very Mm -hmm. least quasi-military. And I'm pretty sure that those standards are also different from what I experience working in a nine to five office. Yeah, they are housing and feeding them, and they are all together in the same place. So there's a communal level of living implied here. That is a really good point, and one that I definitely anticipated someone would raise, because, you know, my thought was that when you think about the military, you do not think safe job. Yes. (laughs) That said, there is a lot of work that does go into health and safety in the military and branches of the military. Even the DOD in the States and the the Department of National Defense in Canada have safety programs, recognizing that in addition to preventing suffering and death, safety efforts increase efficiency and contribute to, to morale. It is expensive to train people to serve in the military, and they don't really want them just having a barrel fall on them. And so, you know, we're talking about like efforts related. Can we talk about the falling barrels, though, for a second? We must talk about the falling barrels. But I, I just wanted to say that military bodies have HR departments. Obviously, that has not prevented some of the major issues we have seen with assaults and harassments, but they do have those departments. And then, of course, they, they're focused on safety uh, things through like equipment, like vehicles, armor, weapons, and preventative health screenings. Well, and the other thing you mentioned that I think is important to talk about a little bit is the morale aspect, because mm-hmm. it really yeah. is. Uh, like, can you think of something more demoralizing than, oh, they don't care if I die? Yeah. Why am I running out there to, to risk my life and they they don't care enough to um, make sure a barrel won't crush me? <laughs> Why are those barrels stacked so high? <laughs> they always bring me and one other guy in a red shirt down on these things. Like, if you've read John Scalzi's novel Red Shirts... it gets into that idea of like you know basically who's gonna die next and the the morale concerns it's a joke it's a satire but yeah like that would be really crappy i think sometimes we think of like this stuff as like oh health and safety is kind of uncool and preventing good stories but also preventing people from dying unnecessarily personally i'm pro that 
I am pro good workplace standards and practices personally. Mm-hmm. Although someone's going to take that out of context and be like, oh, Grace is pro standards and practices. She loves seeing stuff get censored. <laughs> no, no, I'm pro workplace safety. <laughs> I have no desire to shake hands with danger at the workplace. Agreed. And I'm shocked that, and we're, I'm probably going to make at least one other shaking hands with danger reference <laughs> during this episode. Uh, which, for those of you who don't know, was a was a safety video from the 70s. Oh my gosh, amazing. <laughs> that had a weird country soundtrack. I will say that there is one canon reference of something kind of like OSHA, which I guess if you're not American stands for Occupational Health and Safety. Is it Administration? Occupational Safety and Health Administration? I think so. Okay, cool. In TNG Eye of the Beholder, we hear that the disappearance of Marla E. Finn from Utopia Planitia was investigated by the OHSC, which Memory Alpha says is likely Occupational Health and Safety Command. So that's the only mention we have that there is a body like that in Starfleet. But it is comforting to think that, you know, you're not going to get spaced and then no one is going to care. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I mean, you would hope. Maybe we don't need to see it on screen, but I do like to think that everyone who dies while uh, while in Starfleet and, like, on mission or whatever, if it was hinky, like, there was an investigation, like, I would hope that Starfleet would have something in place to be like, uh, explain more about how Tashiar got eaten by goo. I would like to know more about that and make sure all the protocols were... We're taken care of. You want to believe there's some level of oversight, especially considering all of the weird stuff that happens. Yeah, and we do learn in Strange New Worlds that Starfleet also has something that's like basically a Starfleet employee assistance program for trauma counseling for Uh for people. Good. For when you see your coworker get eaten by goo. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not just going to bounce back from that. No, no, that's uh, you need specially trained counselors like Dr. Miglimu to help you process your traumatic colleague going death. Or for every other week when a console explodes in somebody's face. Yes. Oh my god. Why why they have why do they have consoles that explode so much? Why when they've got people who can make time travel and all sorts of other sci-fi nonsense. No, we can't make a, a workstation that won't possibly blind you. Sadly, the the reason is is it looks cool. Yeah. Uh, which is sad for our poor bridge crew. We're constantly getting sparks in their eyes. Okay, spoiler alert for the most recent Lower Decks comic. There <laughs> is a fun little joke at the bottom of one page that basically says that they've been rooting enemy phaser fire directly into their power grid and that they they make a discovery that has justified thousands of exploding consoles (laughs) oh my that's a very lower decks thing to do to be honest yeah 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 i appreciate it yeah yeah so it's all just part of some big starfleet science project that uh, had some collateral damage (laughs) some (laughs) some yep Oh my gosh, yeah, the exploding consoles, the no seatbelts, also a thing. Again, just any time you see that things getting moved around in like one of the shuttle bays or something, you you got to ask yourself, okay, what's what's the protocol here? Are they just going through the motions? Is there a safety like system that you have to go through to move boxes from area A to area B or stacking barrels unreasonably high? 
Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about with like bridge stuff is just in light of, you know, current trends in occupational health and safety and ergonomics. So first of all, like the locations of some of their consoles for like, just say like Riker and stuff, they have to kind of like pivot to the side. That's maybe not super ideal. But also, uh, we have a lot of people that seem to stand their entire shift and a lot of people that seem to sit their entire shift. And we don't have a lot of convertible workstations. Yeah, what are the ergonomic options like for if you're just going to be standing at the house? I understand this would be completely unworkable, but um, like on TV. <laughs> this is why we caveated it at the very beginning of the episode. Yeah. So if you get on Facebook and start yelling at us, we're just going to point you to the, the transcript and be like, here's where we told you this is for fun. But yeah, I mean, like, I have to think that there is a lot of lower back problems. Mm-hmm. They probably need a full-time masseuse, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. I mean, if they have, they, they need to have an, if they have an on-ship barber, they should have an on-ship masseuse and physical therapist and all that. Definitely. Yep. That's just sensible. Because I know they have neck problems from the hunching over the consoles, <laughs> like little gremlins. The hunching and the standing in one place for long periods of time. You need like standing pads for that, like if you're working on a factory line. Mm-hmm. Either that or they've got really good insoles in those Starfleet shoes. Or is the doctor just giving them hypos all the time? Like this wasn't a work <laughs> oh injury, but we do see O'Brien get hurt kayaking. He hurts his shoulder. And yeah, and then Dr. Bashir's just like, oh, you have to stop using your shoulder like that so it does imply there is some at some point at which the like federation medicine won't work but also he hits them with a hypo so maybe they just are medicating them all the time so that their backs aren't sore you gotta wonder that doesn't seem sustainable (laughs) no maybe just uh let them sit (laughs) (laughs) it would be a lot less exciting though if they all just had desks on the bridge though wouldn't it (laughs) cubicles Yes. <laughs> I do not sit on the job. Sitting is not honorable. Or like the open plan, open plan offices. Oh my gosh. I'm just imagining like people with their little word of the day calendars and stuff on the bridge. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, it would make sense, but it would make it definitely a lot less exciting. <laughs> I feel like everyone sits on like the Strange New Worlds bridge. And yeah, the original series bridge, like no, I mean, other than the yeoman bringing in coffee, who doesn't apparently have a chair normally, but yeah, her chair is Kirk's lap. <laughs> oh. oh, good lord! <laughs> oh dear. I mean, that brings us into another aspect that I kind of want to talk about, which is like, what does Starfleet do for like sexual harassment, workplace shenanigans? Yeah, and definitely yes. bringing us into the HR portion of that, especially because we've got like so much workplace romance and relationships going on mm-hmm. on Star Trek. Uh, just in every series, it's it's inescapable. I can just imagine that they have to do the annual holographs and you what's appropriate and not mm-hmm. appropriate oh in the yep. workplace holodeck. Yep. Because I have to imagine that Barkley, after his holodeck uh, adventure, was like sent to an HR professional who kindly sat him down and was like, okay, we're going to go through your conduct here and just talk about ways that we can improve you not putting together holograms of your superiors and either banging them or attacking them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wouldn't that be kind of the the modern day equivalent of like finding a bunch of porn on the hard drive? I was going to say like finding a bunch of copies of Playboy in someone's desk with like your boss's face pasted in there and oh stuff. 
Oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. Which is definitely gonna cause a kerfuffle in HR, to say the very least. One of the episodes that I watched in uh, preparation for this episode was Blood Fever from Voyager, oh, where yes. you straight up have Vorik coming up to Bellana and saying, well, you've only got so many people to choose from because we're stranded in here in space. And that alone feels like something that you could report to a superior for making you feel uncomfortable. But also in the context of him saying just straight up, I think we should mate. So uh. there are many levels of uncomfortable at play here. And then he gives Bolana a case of the hornies, which mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's a given that that's a no-no. Yeah. I feel like after that, Vorik probably should have been confined to quarters. <laughs> like, we've got the one guy who's been confined to quarters because he killed somebody, but I feel like there should be at least a hey, hey, no, no, no HR violation. Please stay in quarters for a couple weeks. And instead, they hook him up with a holograph he can bang for a while to get it out of his system. I think it's like supposed to be that he got it out of his system because he fought Bolana. But yeah. still, like it, you know, even though it, he did get through Ponfar, and same with like the enemy within, where Kirk, which has multiple OSHA things, because we have transporter accident, which is a health and safety uh, risk at yeah. work in Star Trek, and the idea is like once he's back as one person that Rand is just supposed to be like, oh, well, it's fine because he wouldn't do it now because he's a different person. She's supposed to just comfortably go back to work with that. Yeah, and same with Bolana, And like, it doesn't actually matter. Like the person is, I I don't blame Rand or I wouldn't blame Rand or Bolana for being like, I am hella uncomfortable working with that person now. Yeah, I wouldn't want to work with that guy either. I'd be like, hey, uh, one of us needs to get transferred out of engineering, and I'm the head engineer, so it's not going to be me. Take away one of his pips or something. Yeah, but like we talked about, like, like this is an example of po- like inappropriate sexual harassment type stuff, but I also was wondering when I was thinking about this, I was like, what about consensual workplace you know, relationships where – like, do you have to fill out a form to yep. say that, hey, yeah. I'm dating this person or even, hey, I'm banging this person? And like, because I know that there are different rules for different workplaces, but generally work like uh, dating and being in a romantic relationships with your coworkers is generally frowned upon. But sometimes there is a procedure that they have that's like you can date as long as you make hr aware and aren't in a situation where you are where one of you has like authority over the other exactly so like there is like a standard operating procedure for those and i think i I think starfleet should have that one because starfleet is insanely horny but also because (laughs) (laughs) Like, a lot of the times they're going out on missions for years at a time. Like, the idea that there wouldn't be... Five-year mission, yeah. Yeah, there wouldn't be bangity-banging in in the holodeck is just silliness. And and you would have to prepare for that sort of thing. And is there counseling for the cleanup crew for the holodeck? (laughs) No, it's just some guy with a squeegee mop. Oh, God bless him. (laughs) The thing that also makes me super curious is if you're dealing with multiple species and say you've got a species that experiences pon far, what in like mm-hmm. overlapping HR and OSHA, what are your rights to privacy with that? Yep. 
And what are you obligated to share with like your superiors in terms of, hey, I'm going to be out of commission for a few days. It is a medical emergency. Please take my word for it versus I've got the seven year hornies. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. That's a great point. Because like, yeah, a lot of I mean, most places, it's basically you don't have to disclose if you have an illness unless it directly impacts your work. And even then, you can usually get a doctor's note that doesn't say what the issue is. It just Mm -hmm. says you need time off. Yeah. But if you need an accommodation, sometimes you need to disclose that. And sometimes it's an issue that is very obvious what it is and, and you can't really hide it versus something that would be like a more invisible issue. And in theory, the same should go for pregnancy in terms of being able mm-hmm. to say, hey, I need just time off for this. Please respect that. Because we have, you hear tell of stories of people losing their jobs when they become pregnant or being told, well, you're going to have a kid, so you're going to be a less reliable employee, stuff like that. So there should be, if there isn't protections around that, there should be. And also the right to privacy if you are pregnant. I, I Another one I was watching again for this episode was Unexpected. Oh, yeah. Which one is that one? That's the one where, where Trip grows extra nips when he gets pregnant. But the thing that I didn't expect in Unexpected uh, is that the episode starts out with an unsafe environment of uh, Archer, like, taking a shower, and then the gravity just goes off and he's floating in the air and then just falls down <laughs> in the shower. And it's like... That's not a safe environment to work in, live in. What what kind of testing did they put this ship through? It's like they're they're jury rigging Enterprise together while they're on it. Like they're still testing it while people actively live on it. And I'm like, wow, this thank God this is the infancy of Starfleet, because that would be so unprofessional if they'd been around for hundreds of years. But the fact is that the characters mostly respect that Trip is pregnant and doesn't want to talk about it and doesn't want to spread it around. Except we do get that poor yeoman walking in and hearing uh, Flocks talking about Trip's nipples. And I feel like that alone would be an HR violation in terms of just, whoa, okay, I did not consent to come into that conversation. Well, I want to kind of go back to what you were talking about about privacy because I feel like this is one of the more egregious examples we have Mm. of Starfleet just being out of pocket and that they regularly have like conference room tables about people's private medical issues and like and in that episode they do have a have a point where they bring up yeah there's a pregnancy involved on the view screen in front of like all the Mm -hmm. other crew and it's super uncomfortable it's like there had to have been a way to not do do that that. more tactfully yeah (laughs) yeah and then uh, another thing that I want to bring up uh, that we kind of talked about but didn't really dig into is the idea of different cultures yeah, and how yes. they would probably have different, you know, taboos and, and uh, like, ideas of what is appropriate and, like, topics that are off limits and topics that they're comfortable to talk about. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that that would be interesting. Uh, I I know that um, for a lot of of us that work in offices, one big thing that has been uh, coming out of, you know, 2020 and the civil unrest of 2020 has been like diversity, equity and inclusion officers. Mm -hmm. 
where they like literally will hire a consultant that works with HR to like work on training and also work with employees and hiring and all of these things in order to try and have somebody whose job it is to kind of like take a look at those issues and make sure that they're being handled appropriately. Mm-hmm. And I have to think that it would be an even more important job on a ship like this where you're not even talking about different like races within a species you're talking about full-on different species from different quadrants trying to understand each other and work together in close quarters i think they should have some dei staff on these if we're if we're yeah. putting together our yeah. hr team our hr dream team yeah like are you saying that people like bones shouldn't just be able to call a spock like you know green blooded pointy ears goblin, a, yeah yeah there should be some uh there should be at least a couple mandatory starfleet counseling sessions from that alone yeah not to mention uh i feel like now in this light i'm thinking of neelix continually calling tuvok mr vulcan is like a bit like a microaggression oh absolutely yeah i know i'm jumping around a little but another one that's coming to mind for me is remember that time on TNG when they had to have a conference talking about how Counselor Troy's mom was just really, really going through intense menopause and it was making her horny for the captain? (laughs) I don't feel like the conference room is the place for that conversation. (laughs) Especially because poor Counselor Troy has to have a meeting about how, yeah, my mom's kind of a horn dog right now. I would not want to have that conversation with my coworkers. This is why I was talking about like if I were an HR professional, I would be it would be like that gif of Grandpa Simpson walking in and walking <laughs> back out again. Which is funny considering the context in that episode too. <laughs> oh good lord. Yeah, there's uh, to say nothing about having to have the safe candle lighting talk oh, with your my crew. Gosh. Yes. Practice safe candles. So many candles. Can you imagine the waiter who must have had to walk up during the conversation of, I was reading a particularly erotic chapter of my grandmother's diary and him just being like, <laughs> okay, um, can you please, can you please monitor your own conversations in 10 forward for, you know, other people? Mm-hmm. Like at all. We're a society without money, and I'm definitely not getting paid enough for this. Yeah. Well, I mean, Enterprise is a, or that's right, Unexpected in Enterprise is another example yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's also, like, we have many um, examples of them meeting alien races and going off and shagging. And, like, these are potentially people they've never encountered before. Like, do we know even what kinds of diseases they could get or that they could get pregnant or not. If you're boldly going forward and you hook up with some space hottie, but it was part of your job because, you know, you're a part of Starfleet, do you get workers comp for getting an STD? Okay, so I, 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 I would say I don't know the answer to that question, but I am so glad you brought up workers comp. I also want to know what workers' comp looks like yes. in a society without money. I was thinking that too. And like uh, so much of this in human life, in real life, is governed by like liability and mm-hmm. insurance. And like the most of the redresses that you can ask for is monetary. It's like, yeah. okay, I was injured because you didn't take proper care of the barrels and then the barrel crushed me. That's your liability and now you have to pay me money. What is the 
the redress that we get from this system in which there is no money in the bank. Yeah. None of the options I can think of that seem feasible are good. Like, time off to cope uh, and to recuperate seems like it should be a standard thing, but... Yeah, so I mean... I feel like the closest we see to that, um, we definitely should come back to ethics because we don't see that in ethics. We just see Worf have to grapple with his medical decisions. But um, I think is Nog losing his leg, um, which is in war. And, you know, so in that case, we're, we're seeing the types of supports they have. So it would be kind of more equivalent to like the supports you would have through like Veterans Affairs, where like you would have access to medical and counseling and theoretically like replacement of your income but there's no need to replace your income because you didn't have income so you just you know i assume you're like not getting kicked out of your quarters the horrible mental image that i have from my experience with corporate culture is and and this this is gonna just prove to you all how embittered i have been by that is like a Chuck E. cheese prize room but for if something horrible has happened to you at work like you can pick between a house that you own ooh, we don't really you know have that level of ownership in the future because you know no money and all that or like oh a trip to Riza. like what what can we give you that is meaningless to us but will make you feel less pissed off about being horribly injured on the job you're saying you're worried that they'd throw them a pizza party for morale mm-hmm. yeah that's my fear yeah yeah, I was just reading this new graphic novel by Kate Beaton about the work. In, oh, ducks! Yeah, works in the oil. Yeah, in the oil sands, and there's this whole thing about the number of days without like a time loss accident. Um, but if you have accidents where the person didn't count for time lost, but it was still a serious accident, it just wasn't getting counted. So it's like all about your stats and how they count them. So maybe <sighs> like yeah. So that's a like a good question is what would you. Like I would like to think Starfleet would have, um, you know, support if someone didn't want to return or wasn't able to return to their previous position, um, support for like retraining, like helping to navigate the system of like, what are my other options for a future? But yeah. Well, and I think uh, in our current system, in our real in real life system, part of the reason why money is is the re- what you get is because that's the only thing that like will actually be an effective consequence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about a world in which we've moved past money, which I want to go to there. I want to go to there and a world where, you know, the healthcare is th- free and we don't have to, you know, get that money to be able to survive after a workplace accident. Yeah. And I mean, uh, so like the part of it would be like, has the, the problem been addressed? Mm-hmm. Has has there been, will this happen to somebody else? Exactly. Or have you fixed it? And then after that, it's just like, like it feels like, because a lot of the times for personal settlements, it's because the, you need to use that money to pay for your healthcare. But if you're getting your healthcare for free, then maybe monetary remuneration is not actually what people are looking for. Maybe it's just, this won't happen again. And does Starfleet get to interact with uh, my cousin Vinny? workplace comp lawyer <laughs> yeah like starfleet has to beef up their their investigations they have to beef mm-hmm. up their prevention um like i had a friend who um one of their uh jobs was 
basically researching cycling accidents. So anytime there's an incident where with a cyclist accident, they'd have to go and like basically watch the traffic where that happened for like a number of days at different times and then make recommendations for like how that accident could be prevented in the future. That idea, but like on like, hey, a lot of consoles have been exploding. Um, We need to do an inquiry into this and figure out how we prevent the situation in future. Maybe that's more like the... It's not so much about individual recourse, but it's about preventing that from happening to other people. Yes. Like that there would be a solid action in response to the accident. Yeah. Yeah. Like that there's an accident response team. Yeah. So like they, you know, when Kirk got split into good half and evil half, they like fixed that transporter problem, but they didn't fix the problem where two people could get merged into one person and then the captain. And we found that out with two Vicks. Yeah. Decide to kill them. Maybe maybe they could have taken Tuvix, put him back in the transporter, and make an accident so he split into another two people, a good Tuvix and a bad Tuvix. Then they could keep the good Tuvix and de-split the bad Tuvix. Amazing. I want the Star Trek uh, Dep- Department of Labor Standards spinoff. Yes, that sounds amazing. I want to know that they exist. The other thing, too, is like they're lucky that insurance doesn't uh, exist in this because the risk of the transporters, like they would never get insured. No. I mean, McCoy, for all his hemming and hawing, is right. Those things are death traps. Yes. You could not get me in one of those. Nope. Not even a little. No. Okay, so let's talk about ethics. Let's talk about ethics. Yeah. I mean, we've laughed a lot about the barrels. But, I mean, I think this is a really good example of the whole topic that we're talking about in that what kind of workplace safety regulations do they have? Clearly minimal. And then what do they do to take care of you after you are injured? And in this case, it gets really sticky. Yeah. Yeah. And it interacts with cultural cultural norms, cultural beliefs. And there are questions about, you know, what should Worf be entitled to as a Klingon who believes his life is over? Side note, listen to our episode on disability in Star Trek if you want to hear a critical analysis of that. Because this is definitely a disability issue, Mm -hmm. yeah. But, like, what, what is he entitled to as a Klingon? And, like, does someone from Starfleet need to be able to provide that cultural kind of religious validation for him, even if it's against their morals? And even if he was to remain paralyzed from the neck down, would there be accommodations made for him in Starfleet? Would he be able to continue serving in some capacity? Yeah. Which I I think that would be, not to say, yeah, the disabled should be able to get back to work after their accidents too. I'm saying that it would be interesting to see more uh, extensive accommodations for different types of disability in Star Trek. Mm -hmm. So I think one reason why ethics is a good example of this is because they don't actually answer most of their own questions that are brought up in the episode, um, which has always made it one of, in my opinion, one of the best like moral quandary episodes because there are really no great answers. And like, I can see points for everything. And so it becomes an issue where the questions are as important if not more important than the answers we get in the episode, because we don't actually get any of this answered mm-hmm. definitively. Yeah. But we definitely should have seen, like, as a B-plot, an investigator coming on the ship to be like, what happened here? And maybe, like, Picard's in trouble. Like, who who's accountable for health and safety on the ship? Yeah. 
I'm now just imagining, does each floor of the Enterprise have, like, a fire escape captain? Like, in office buildings, sometimes on different floors, there will be a safety captain, like, the person who's got the earthquake kit under their desk and stuff. Does that apply to Starfleet? Mm-hmm. And um, how many per ship? What are the rules there? I mean, I was thinking, too, about, like, I don't know about you all, but we have an ethics officer as well. Yeah. Is, it, is there a public safety officer? Is there an ethics officer? Is there a sexual harassment A privacy person? officer? Privacy? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think they have these things. There's many questions here about the hierarchy of Starfleet and which needs their meeting. But uh, can't, you know, if they did do an HR team, though, can you imagine, though, they'd have to, like, bust in, like, the Avengers all but the with time. HR, just, the HR Avengers. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, and it. just be like, "Stop! This is not safe." <laughs> they would like barrel roll into the room and go, "Cut that out!" <laughs> <laughs> Only you can prevent workplace accidents. <laughs> hey, where's the safety rail? Oh, that's another thing. The number yes. of times, like in engineering and stuff, where they have you know catwalks, and and this yeah. is not just Star Trek. Star Wars has a major issue with this, um, and railing height. That like it is the railings are not high enough so that if people get like you know if the ship shakes, someone will literally just fly off the catwalk and die. <laughs> and like in most of our world today, there is a requirement that the railings be at least like weight height, height, waist height or higher, so that if you get like thrown towards the railing, you're very unlikely to like flip over it. I'm gonna bring it back to unexpected one more time mm-hmm. because there's a point where Trip is pregnant, and it's like supposed to be implied that he's getting all mother hen y and anal retentive about safety, but he's on like an elevator down to engineering, and he's like. Hang on, if you have your hand on this part of the handrail and the elevator goes up, that'll slice your fingers off. Mm-hmm. That's unsafe. That's What if there was a kid or someone really short on board and the guy he's talking to says, but why would someone put their hand there on the handrail? <laughs> oh my. One good example I wanted to talk about briefly was the Cloudminders, which is yeah. not a Starfleet uh, thing because... Um, I was trying to think about what are examples of times when we see labor practices that are non-Starfleet. And a a big one is mining. We see like a lot of miners. We can definitely question their like clothing and equipment that they have and how safe that those would be. But in the cloud minders, Starfleet is is going to this planet to get Xenite, I believe. And the people that are the miners, the troglites, the are like considered to be intellectually inferior, but they're starting a revolution. And the ruling class, the Stratos dwellers, uh, basically it uh, turns out that the troglites are not actually intellectually inferior, but, but they are being poisoned by the gas in the mines. And so Kirk gives them filter masks and it's delightful. And honestly, I think an uh, episode that kind of holds up pretty well for a third season original series episode. I mean, thinking about how some of the other work environments we see portrayed on uh, Star Trek in terms of mining and junk art, I, like think of the, what is it, deridium processing that mm-hmm. uh, they used, did on Tarek Nor and how that was a, you know, giant death trap and all that. 
Yeah. And now I'm wondering if um, if you're part of a society that becomes part of the Federation, does that mean that there's like a Federation safety standards that suddenly any operations you are running need to adhere to? Because I've had I've been in offices situations where that happened, where they um, were under new management and are like, okay. Now we are under this company's safety and wellness standards. And this is like a discussion in our countries, right? About like, if we're going to do business with foreign countries, then shouldn't we, you know, require that the goods that we get from those countries were produced under certain types of labor and safety standards. And those are their ongoing campaigns in several sectors about that. But it seems like from the original series, at least, and I would say definitely into TNG in terms of mining that I feel like we see them go to places where like there's some sketchy mining situations happening. Oh, and they're yeah. just like, but we need our dilithium or our whatever. Mining is just kind of the media go to worst, most miserable, dangerous job, mm-hmm. I think. And that is carried over from the original series. We also see a lot of like scientists at os- isolated outposts that have really weird things happen to them, but it's kind of implied and Lower Decks jokes about that like there's all yeah. these weird scientists and Starfleet just spends the- all their time doing trying to protect them. Yeah. I mean, let's look at the world at large, though. How many weirdos do we get to see have people bend over backwards to protect them when they're, you know, in a pilot position of influence? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the thing with Star Trek is, like, it's usually just some, like, rando and his wife. And they've been on <laughs> yeah. this planet by, for themselves for, like, by themselves for, like, 30 years. And then it turns out they're actually Saul vampires or something. <laughs> or something like that, yeah. Or the wife's been dead for 50 years. Oh my god! What a world! What a world! Actually, thinking about one when you were brought up the Cloudminders and their revolution, Jira, I was actually thinking about too. We don't really see a ton of exploration of you know ways to fight back on these sorts of conditions mm-hmm. through unions, except for I know there is some <gasps> yes. in DS Nine. Yeah, yeah, we should definitely talk about quarks. Yeah, so like in general, when we're talking real life, one of the most effective ways to bargain for better health and safety standards is through your union. Um, so I, I think it's interesting that we we get these these miners need to unionize is what I'm saying, and if they want to do that, they should take uh, some lessons from DS9. Uh, for those of you who haven't realized it, Women at Warp is a very pro union podcast. <laughs> I yeah I, f- I follow uh, Chief O'Brien's. He wasn't just a hero; he was a union he was a union man. Um, but yeah, Quirk clearly doesn't have sick days, so Rom doesn't get sick on the job, but he isn't able to take time off when he is sick. And then you know, again, his his employees are on their feet all day, which is extra crappy because he's a single dad. Yeah, he's like garnishing their wages. He's like um, you know trading sexual favors for raises and like all this stuff. It's gross. So, yeah, but then the workers do fight back and they yeah. win some concessions. As should be their right as workers. All we can say here at Women at Warp is organize. Hi. We're going to take it real for a minute here with Women at Warp. Have you talked to your labor organizer lately? Mm-hmm. And if you don't have one, maybe you should be one. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I also wanted to raise, why do holodecks even let you turn the safety off? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I prob- why, do, why do white guys ask at Indian restaurants for them to give them full spice and then complain <laughs> about it afterwards? Like, 
Yeah, the computer should be able to be like, um, no, I am not going to make that bullet that is going to actually mm, inadvisable. You. No, or at the very least, you should have to have clearance or like yeah. a, mm-hmm. a, an SOP about why why you would need the safety standards to be turned off and like, like there's a you'd need to be able to have a very special set of circumstances to be allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I off the top of my head can't even think of why. You would be able to, like, I couldn't convince, tell you either. Convince me, people. And uh, no, Doctor Tahana, because it's hotter, doesn't doesn't fly with us. <laughs> <laughs> we could also pick on the mini skirts and heels as yeah. like not necessarily always the best, safest clothing for people. They look great, mm-hmm. but if you're running for your life. From someone who has been possessed by an ancient mask. Yes. <laughs> You're gonna break your ankle. I always think back to the original movie version of A League of Their Own and uh, the injuries incurred apparently in the Women's League baseball with trying to not have their tiny skirts flip up while sliding the bases. Yeah. It is amusing that in Star Trek Picard, there is on the um, the artifact, the board cube, there is a sign that says how many days it's been since an accidental <laughs> um, uh, it, death or assimilation or something. Anyway, oh, assimilation. How many days it's been since an accidental assimilation? So there's a workplace joke in there. <laughs> oh, goodness. I feel like, you know, um, before we wrap up, I, I wanted to briefly just talk a little bit about like the history of these things in our world we did we talked a little bit about like hey unionize um but there is some like kind of feminist components to this history as well hell yeah so christina our patron who suggested this topic also um, referred us and recommended um an episode of the podcast stuff you missed in history class about alice hamilton who um, basically helped to start the field of occupational med- medicine and safety. She was a basically one of the very uh, first, an early woman to earn a medical uh, degree. She did a whole bunch of science about um, mostly lead poisoning of workers. And she was an active social worker. She was the first woman professor at Harvard. And she pioneered, did all this like research for the U.S. government, for the government of Illinois, and uh, has a pretty cool history. So recommend you check out that podcast. It's true. Jara has been recommending it to everybody all week. Yes. I also maybe went down a rabbit hole where I started rewriting Hamilton lyrics to be like, my name is Alice Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, in addition, there's also a lot of women's feminist history in terms of like some of the biggest disasters that brought the need for occupational health and safety in triangle into- shirtwaist factory fire for one thing yes that's the first place my mind yeah. went to yeah yeah exactly um yeah so the the triangle shirtwaist fire later on um like alice hamilton had already been working for decades um before we had the radium girls um in Canada, we had um, Les Allumetières, which are like the women matchmakers, um, but uh, in other countries as well, where they were making matches with white phosphorus and uh, was a seriously bad, bad chemical. And obviously men in mines and things were also 
the victim of workplace mm-hmm. accidents and disasters and diseases, but some of, of these major accidents where women workers organized really helped to get these issues to the national attention. So look up the history of your rights as a worker. You will find some fascinating stuff in there. And also know what your personal rights as a worker are. Yep. Because your health and safety is very important. Mm. Agreed. And you have to advocate for yourself. You can't always trust that your employer will have your best interests at heart. (sighs) Don't we know it? Sometimes you get a raise. Sometimes you get a pizza party. (laughs) Sometimes you get phosphorus. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) on that note, Jera, where can people find more from you online? You can find me on Twitter at J-A-R-R-A-H Penguin, and you can find my blog at TrekkieFeminist.com. And what about you, Andy? Easiest place to find me is Twitter, where I uh, tweet under First Trime Trek. And I'm Grace, and you can find me on Twitter at BonecrusherJank. And looking up my rights on the handy poster that your workplace is entitled to have on the wall saying what your rights as a worker are in the state of Washington. (laughs) Know them. Love them. To learn more about our show or to contact us, visit womenatwarp.com, email us at crew at womenatwarp.com, or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Women at Warp. Thanks so much for listening. Union. 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 Union.